You're listening to a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned to hear the rest of your 3CR podcast. Dirt Radio. Organic. Friends of the Earth. Activism. Underground. Political action. Necessary. Wind farms. Indigenous struggles. Land rights. Anti-nuclear. Nanotechnology. Climate change. Coal barons. Mining magnates. Activists. Educating. Communities. Transforming. Communities. Mobilising a sustainable planet. Get involved now. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Dirt Radio. Good morning and welcome to Dirt Radio, Friends of the Earth's radio show on 3CR. We're coming to you live from the 3CR studio on Wurundjeri land in the Kulin Nations. We'd like to pay respects to elders past, present and emerging and acknowledge that sovereignty of these lands was never ceded. I am your host, Megan Williams, and I'm very pleased to have Pat Simons of the Yes Renewables campaign here with me in the studio. Welcome to the show, Pat. Morning, Megan. Good morning. Did you enjoy uh, having the day off uh, Labor Day yesterday? Yeah, it was pretty brilliant, actually. Yeah. Yeah, Much needed. Absolutely. And always good to celebrate our workers' rights and take a day off when it's needed. Yeah, absolutely. Like, this is is just something that we need, um, and we should celebrate it every chance we get. Totally. Coming up later on the show, we will be talking about the Star of the South project, Victoria's biggest offshore wind project that is set to radically change the mix of renewable energy to fossil fuel power in our energy system. The Yes Renewables campaign uh, campaigned for four years to see a renewable energy target established in the state of Victoria, have recently been campaigning for Melbourne's train network to run fully off clean, green, renewable power, as well as see the Star of the South project get off the ground. We'll be hearing about all that, but before we get stuck into it, here's a quick community service announcement. We've been striking on and off since the 1st of November. All over the world, school-aged kids are on strike to demand action on climate change. In Melbourne, the school strike is running from 12 till 2pm on Friday the 15th of March at the Treasury Building on Spring Street in the city. At 3CR, we believe that action on climate change is urgently required. There will be no community radio on a dead planet. So today, we come together with our friends at Joy 94.9, SIN and Triple R in support of our youth and their message to our leaders to take urgent action on climate change. For more information, go to studentstrikeforclimate.com. Welcome back. So the Yes Renewables team has long campaigned for growing renewable energy in Victoria. Pat, can you tell us a bit about the Star of the South project? Yeah, sure. So the Star of the South is a really exciting offshore wind proposal in Victoria. So it's the first major offshore wind farm that's been proposed in Australia that you know could actually go ahead. Uh, we don't have any existing offshore wind farms. And by offshore, I mean wind farms that are built in the sea. So Star of the South is a 2,000 gigawatt um, offshore wind farm proposed off the coast of Gippsland. Um, so yeah, east, east of Melbourne, about 10 to 25 kilometres off the coast. 
And when you say 2,000 gigawatts, like how many wind turbines is that? Yeah, yeah, it's a good question. So it is the the proposal is in its very early stages. So, you know, as the idea um, stands at the moment, it would probably be around 250 wind turbines. So this is a pretty significant uh, project. To give you a bit of an idea of the scale, you know, existing coal plants in the Latrobe Valley, uh, I'd have to double check my numbers, that, but they're, they're somewhere between like 1,300, 1,500 um, mega, um, sorry, megawatts. Uh, capacity. So this is kind of like the equivalent of building a large coal plant, except it's renewable energy and it's clean and it's going to be cutting pollution. So it's 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 pretty huge. Mm, absolutely. But I can I can let you know exactly the amount of homes. Um, so if if it went ahead at the moment, it would probably power around 1.2 million homes, uh, or roughly. 20% of Victoria's energy needs as, a, as an entire state. So, yeah, this, this is a very significant uh, project. Fantastic. And so what's holding the project back? Yeah, it's a good question. So as I mentioned, it's right at the early stages. So it was first proposed in 2017. Uh, and that's that's when the proponents, Offshore Energy, it's, it's a private company that's developing the wind farm. They went public. And they said, we want to develop this. And they need permission from both the state government and the federal government because the project is in Commonwealth waters. So, yeah, the the state government was there when they made the announcement and they were basically saying, this is really exciting. And so now the first stage of the process, which is around an exploration license, is sitting with the federal government. So that it's right at the start. And this exploration license would just enable them to do the studies to say, okay, the wind in this area is at this speed. Uh, these are the ecological issues that we're facing and, um, you know, the possible impacts that we need to mitigate. Uh, this is what it could look like in reality. So the, those detailed studies haven't taken place. And it's because the decision on the exploration license sits with the federal coalition government, who we all know are no fans of action on climate change. Um, so about a month ago, sorry, um, two weeks ago in Senate estimates, uh, there were a number of questions that were um, that were put to the Department of Environment and Energy by uh, the, a Labor senator. And that was basically asking for a status update on the project and what's what's been happening in the department. And what the department revealed was that over the last couple of years since it was first announced, they have actually evaluated the project. They've done some analysis on it. They've looked at the exploration license uh, and they have made a recommendation to the energy minister. So when it's not clear whether that recommendation is made to Angus Taylor or to Josh Frydenberg. But basically they've received a rec- recommendation of some sort and they haven't made any decisions. So the delay really is just sitting on the federal government awaiting their decision. And so when you say they've made a recommendation, do we know what that recommendation is? Yeah, that's a good question. So the questions that were put to them were after a freedom of information request by the Maritime Union of Australia, uh, who are obviously looking at this project and really interested in the future potential jobs for offshore wind workers. And so, the yeah, they, the department didn't say what decision, what recommendation they made. They didn't say whether... 
um, we recommend that this exploration license should be granted or we recommend it shouldn't. So that's unclear. So it, it may come down to an additional freedom of information request to reveal that, that specific decision. But I think we can infer based off some of the conversations that they had in that Senate estimates um, discussion that, you know, it's, it's probably received a pretty good look and the exploration license is not actually for the the actual construction of the project. It's it's just to allow the company to do the studies to then be able to do the more stringent planning requirements. So, you know, these these kinds of licenses are granted all the time for offshore offshore gas projects, um, and this one has been sitting with the federal government for more than twenty months. Uh, if, if I think if you look through the exploration licenses for offshore gas proposals, they're probably getting a tick of, tick of approval on the exploration license much more quickly than that. Mm. And because usually when we talk about exploration licenses, it's about new coal mines or mm. about a coal seam gas. And do we know what the average time for an exploration license to be approved or disapproved would be? Yeah, I'd, I'd I don't have the numbers on the average. That's something that we're currently looking at. Uh, but a quick, if just having a quick look over um, the the website on NOPSEMA, which is the management authority for offshore oil and gas projects, you know, so, some of them, you know, typic, typically like six months. Um, but that's that's a question that we've put to the energy minister so that he can publicly, you know, respond to us and say, well, yeah, the average time is about this. And I think that, yeah, the compar- obvious comparison is that why has this pro- project taken more than 20 months to receive, you know, a pretty simple kind of, um, yeah, just the first uh, stage of the planning process. Mm. And so assuming we get that, that or assuming that that exploration licence gets approved, mm-hmm. how long would it be until we can see that renewable energy coming into our grid? Yeah, that's a good question. So it is a very large project. So it is gonna, it's going to take a lot of time to take this from kind of the vision through to reality, and there'll be multiple stages of the planning process along the way. So that would involve the company would you know go and talk to people and say you know like this is what we're looking at, this is the kinds of um, ecological impacts that we're expecting, these are the kinds of benefits. So that would go through a, a another state planning process where all of those things would occur but in terms of time frame it's probably somewhere between five to seven years before it's actually you know producing energy in the grid so it's but we're right at the start and it's really um frustrating that there's such a you know incredible you know visionary project that that could you know deliver jobs and action on climate change and it's being stalled by the federal coalition right at the beginning because we don't really have time to waste on this stuff Absolutely. And of course, the Yes to Renewables campaign uh, fought for a long time to establish a renewable energy target in Victoria. Uh, Can you remind us again how much this target was and how much this project will contribute to that? Yes. So the the renewable energy target, Victorian renewable energy target, there's two targets. So there's 25% renewables by 2020, which we're kind of, you know, just marching towards. We're on track to meet. And then the second target is 40% by 2025. And the Andrews government just announced before the last election that they would also set a third target of 50% by 2030. 
So, you know, depending on where you look, we're, we're roughly sitting around 17, 18% renewables, you know, getting towards 20% renewables in Victoria at the moment. And there's a whole bunch of projects that are currently being built, which will, you know, see us meet that 2020 target. So, yeah, I'd have to do the, the, the numbers, like, in terms of the megawatts, but if the Star of the South project is going to add 20% of the um, state's energy needs, we're looking at smashing that um, 2025 target of 40% renewables, you know, just with this one project. So I think that's part of the reason why we're so interested in it, because each time we do something like that, we're getting, we're taking a substantial step towards 100% renewable energy in our energy grid, which is really a really important goal to aim for. And so what is the Yes Renewable team doing to help get this project off the ground? So we're right at the beginning, like I, like I mentioned. Uh, you know, we're, at the moment, we've been running a digital campaign, putting pressure on the Federal Energy Minister, Angus Taylor, to take the project to the first stage. So sign off on the exploration license so that the community can get the right information um, and, and actually like consider this project because it has so much potential. So basically, if you want to help out, you can sign on to that petition, uh, which is on the Friends of the Earth Australia website. So you just type in Friends of the Earth Australia, Star of the South in Google, and you should be able to find it. Uh, or you can and go, we can put that link in the, yeah, in the show notes. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, but yeah, we just want to send a really clear um, signal to the Federal Energy Minister and to the Morrison government. You know, there isn't time for to waste on, you know, significant projects like this when it comes to renewable energy. You have all the facts at your disposal. You've had a recommendation from from the department, you know, it's time for you to make a decision. And, you know, this is, this is not, um, you're not doing anything drastic by taking this project to, to stage one. So that's the main component. And then um, at the same time, we're starting to ramp up on our on-ground campaign. So reaching out to people in Gippsland. So if you're listening and you're in Gippsland, we'd love to talk to you. Um, and, you know, maybe we can put my contact details on online as well so people can reach out. But Absolutely. We'll be, we'll, be in, we'll be spending more time in the region talking to people on the ground about the opportunities um, for Gippsland and for the Latrobe Valley um, when it comes to very large renewable energy projects like Star of the South. Yeah, and when we talk about those opportunities, like what are the benefits for the region? Well, the, the most obvious um, example is job creation. So... If you, um, based on the numbers that the company has produced, um, this project would indirectly create around 10,000 jobs. So that's looking at construction and the flow and benefits of construction, but probably around 2,000 direct um, construction jobs during the construction phase, uh, which is really significant uh, in, in regional areas. And then you can imagine the flow on benefits of the income spent from those people. Um, the other opportunity is in manufacturing because offshore wind, the components are so large because they're further away from people. There is a very strong case for manufacturing those here in Australia and, you know, potentially in regional Victoria because it's so expensive to ship the components from Europe to Australia. So, you know, we could see a, some broader supply chain benefits in the renewable energy sector from a project like this that might enable Australia to also build further offshore wind projects. Uh, but, you know, the the really big opportunity 
is also for towns like the Latrobe Valley, where, you know, we're seeing coal close, like we've saw Hazelwood close, um, you know, about two years ago. It's, it's, it's likely that other coal plants will close in the near, near future. So projects like Star of the South really provide an opportunity for places like the Latrobe Valley to take advantage of the renewable energy economy and to invest in something that's really good for, for that region and for climate action. Yeah, so the new project is not just helping transition our grid, it's an opportunity to help transition the towns that have been reliant on fossil fuels uh, for their jobs and economy. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, this is the first major offshore wind project in Australia. If if places like the Latrobe Valley and, you know, the, the small communities in East Gippsland can take advantage of this of this proposal, you know, that, that can really provide some lessons to the rest of the country as well. And I think that people will really look to this region and say, wow, that's really amazing that, that Victoria's been able to do this. So Victoria's leading the way on, um, on these big projects and leaving room for other states and areas to follow suit. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much for joining us, Pat. Could you let us know, uh, for anyone outside East Gippsland who wants to get their teeth stuck into this, what can they do? So if you're in Melbourne, uh, come along to a Yes Renewables uh, action meeting. So we meet every Tuesday upstairs at Friends of the Earth, uh, 312 Smith Street, Collingwood. So come along. Um, I'll put my email in the in the um, online version. Um, send me an email if you're interested in, in getting involved. And yeah, that's when we come together and we figure out what are the actions that we're going to do. What's our political strategy? Um, are we going to you know hold a protest or are we going to run a digital campaign? Like, what does that look like? Uh, so there's there's a, no end to the number of things that you can do to be involved. Fantastic. Thank you very much for your time. Awesome. Thanks, Megan. Join me, Sally Goldner, the presenter of Out of the Pan, for a live broadcast on International Trans Day of Visibility at Hares and Hyenas on 31st of March 2019, organised by Transgender Victoria with 3CR. With co-host Mama Alto, we'll be moderating a live panel discussion about issues, experiences and intersections between and about trans people of colour. Get your tickets online at tdov2019.eventbrite.com.au. That's tdov2019.eventbrite.com.au. Or listen live to the discussion right here on 855am on digital and streaming online. You're listening to Dirt Radio on 3CR with Megan. We've just been chatting with Yes Renewables coordinator Pat Simons about the Star of the South project, the big wind energy project that's going to be built off the coast of East Gippsland. Of course, if you missed the interview or any of our other shows, you can always catch up on our podcasts from 3cr.org.au slash dirtradio. And that's also where you can check out the show links and uh, get Pat's details and the the link to the petition that they're run that the Yester Renewables campaign is running. So coming up at Friends of the Earth, we've got the Keep WA Uranium Free 
Several Tidjwal traditional owners have joined the WA Conservation Council to mount a legal challenge to prevent mining in Yiralee. That's coming up uh, tomorrow night, 6.30 at Friends of the Earth. Come along and hear from K.A. Garlic of the Conservation Council of WA, Dave Sweeney of the Australian Conservation Foundation and Dr. Jim Green of Friends of the Earth. Some real legends in the anti-nukes movement. Uh, It's a big night tomorrow night with the Quick Coal Info Night taking place as well. That's also at 6.30 at Friends of the Earth. Um, And looking ahead, what can we learn from the Green New Deal? That's happening at Friends of the Earth on Thursday, March 21 at 6.30. And if you're interested in waste, forest, rivers or climate action, you can always pop in any day of the week to Friends of the Earth. 312 Smith Street to learn more about our the campaigns we've got running and how you can get involved. So it's uh, 9.53 and we're going to take a listen to a little song from Paul Kelly from Little Things, Big Things Grow. And that brings us just about to time. You've been listening to Dirt Radio on 3CR. Up next, we've got the Koori Survival Show. Uh, So stick around for that. Thank you very much for listening.